Let's go to the book of Acts this evening. Acts chapter number 26. Acts chapter number 26. And we'll start reading in verse number 13. Here we find Paul. He's, he's giving an account of his salvation there to King Agrippa. If you can imagine the context of Paul who had given his life to preach the gospel, to start churches, to do all the missionary work that he had done. But previously, he had been very involved in the Jewish religious culture. And then all of a sudden, as he's fighting to stop the expansion of the gospel and and churches being started, as he's on his way to Damascus to persecute this church, these followers of Jesus, the Lord comes to him, speaks to him. His life has changed forever as he's saved by God's grace. And then he becomes the greatest proponent of preaching the gospel. All of this is the context of what happened in Paul's life, and now he's, he's detained for preaching the gospel, waiting trial, and he's telling a little bit about what happened in his life. And he talks about how he was saved for a purpose, and he explains what that purpose was, and he explains how he was able to accomplish that purpose. And that's what I want to see with you all this evening, and especially as we start a new year, and we think about this new opportunity that God's giving us. He's giving us this opportunity. He hasn't come back yet, and he's allowed us to continue here in this world for a purpose, for a purpose. And may the Lord help us to remember that this evening. The Bible says in verse number 13, we'll kind of jump into the middle of of Paul's account here. And he says, At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, Above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me, and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. That phrase we read over quickly, but it must have hit Paul like a ton of bricks. Here Paul is thinking that he's doing God's work, thinking that Jesus was not the Messiah, that he wasn't the fulfillment of the prophets. And he's on his way there to Damascus thinking he's doing what's right. And this light from heaven, the voice from heaven, he knows that this is God speaking to me and, and, and to clarify, who art thou, Lord? But already using Lord, expressing, he understood he's under the authority of, submitted to, and he's wanting to know. And the voice comes back and he says, I'm the one you're persecuting, Jesus. Look what the Bible says as it goes on there. In verse number 16, but rise, Jesus says, but rise and stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee. So here Paul is saved, and on the day that he's saved, Jesus says, I'm saving you to send you. And as he's sent to the Gentiles, look what it says in verse number 18. This is, this is one of those, those wonderful missions verses that we, that we don't uh, maybe read or hear as often. But the Bible says in verse number 18 that he's being sent to the Gentiles to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God 
that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And praise the Lord that all of us that have believed in Jesus, we've been sanctified, we've been set apart, we've been given that forgiveness. We move from darkness to light. We've moved from the power of Satan to God. And we have that new life, that eternal life, and all the inheritance that comes along with being God's child. As we read on in verse number 19, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Let's pray together this evening. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the testimony of Paul. And I pray tonight that we would be encouraged and challenged by your word, by his testimony, as we consider and we meditate upon the purpose that you've given us here at home and around the world. And we thank you for it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Here Paul finishes this, this account of telling how he was saved. And he, he goes on to tell King Agrippa there that he had been obedient to the heavenly vision. I don't know about you, but I, I, I pray that I'll be obedient until the end. Paul here is, to, is toward the end of his journey. He's in the latter stages of his life. Here we are toward the end of the book of Acts. And Paul looks back and he tells about how he was saved many years before. And he was faithful up to this point. I'm, oftentimes I've always re referred to myself and saw myself as a young missionary. We went to the field as, as very young adults and right out of Bible college and took off for the field. And, and I've always thought of myself as young. But, you know, being back now and dropping off our daughter who's finished high school and, you know, looking in the mirror sometimes and to fix my hair, I kind of lean over a little bit now to, to find it there on top. To You know, it's, it's, maybe I'm not quite as young as I used to be. Maybe I'm more like the, the middle-aged missionary now instead of the young missionary. But, you know, I, I think that we would all have that desire to finish our, our race well, to be faithful to the end. To be able to get to the end and say, Lord, I, I, I've done what you've given me to do. Not in a perfect way. No one's perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. But to be faithful. To be faithful. And Paul says here that he was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Well, if we're going to be faithful, if we're going to finish that purpose well, then I think we need to be reminded about what he's given us to do. And the Bible says there in verse number 18, to go back and take a moment here in this passage, We've all been called to this purpose of being the light, of sharing the gospel with others. Uh, one of the songs this evening uh, talking about being saved and about hearing the gospel and, and, and things of that nature. And praise the Lord, all of us can stand up, those of us that are saved, uh, can stand up and remember the time when we were saved by God's grace, whether it was here in an altar at church or whether maybe it was at home or wherever it might have been that someone opened up God's word and shared with us what the Bible says and how we can be saved. I was born and raised in a pastor's home. My dad was my pastor all the way up until he went home to be with the Lord just a few months before we left for language school. And I remember my dad there in our living room taking God's word and showing me how to be saved. And praise the Lord for that opportunity. 
But you know, as, as, as believers, as children of God, as saints, the Bible says that we've been given a purpose. And in verse number 18, that purpose is to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. That idea of forgiveness, we've got a debt, a debt that we cannot pay. We've sinned, we've broken God's law, and it doesn't matter if you've sinned a little or sinned a lot, we've all, we're all guilty, and there's nothing we can do. If you ask the average person on the street in Chile, if they believe in God, they will say yes. If they believe in Jesus, they will answer yes. If you ask them if they believe in the Bible, they will say yes. If you ask them if they believe that Jesus died on the cross, was buried and rose again the third day, they will answer very quickly and say yes. And if you ask them, well, putting your faith in Jesus and in him alone, is that what we need to do to be saved and to go to heaven? They will say no, because what Jesus did is part of it. But what we do is equally important. And we spend our life working and doing our best and completing with all these, these religious rituals. And hopefully at the end of our life, Jesus did his part. Maybe we can do our part and we'll make it to heaven. Or if not, we'll go to purgatory for a while and we can burn off some of the sin. And then maybe people back on earth can pray us into heaven as we're burning off some of our sin. That's what the average person on the street there in Chile would believe. But the Bible tells us that in Christ alone, in faith in Jesus, here in this text, it ends by saying that, that we're sanctified by faith that is in me. Jesus is the one that's speaking there in him. And that's, that's what missions is all about. That's what our purpose is all about. What are we supposed to be doing? Preaching the gospel, helping those that are in darkness to move to light. They're under the power of Satan, and they need to know who God is as they are freed from the, those, those chains of death and those chains of sin, and they know who Jesus is, that they're saved by God's grace. You know, as I read this text, I'm reminded of so many testimonies of God's grace there in Chile. I remember back when we were starting our first church there in, in Chile, and we, we had set a date for the first service, and several weeks leading up to that, we were already having some Bible studies, and we were knocking on doors and handing out flyers and trying to meet as many people as we could. And I was excited about what the Lord was going to do, but at the same time, a bit nervous and not really sure what I was doing, but we were doing it for Jesus. And I remember a lot of people came to that first service, neighbors there in the community, most of them were curious about who is this gringo that we keep seeing in our neighborhood, walking around, and we, let's go see what he's doing. And many came to that first service. We preached the gospel and began to follow up with many of those. And there was one young man named Pancho. And I remember Pancho came to that first service, and he didn't look like the typical teenager that would be interested in coming to a church that was just starting. The way he was dressed and the, 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 the attitude that he had and even the music that you could hear coming from his headphones from three or four feet away. But, but there he was, and we were excited about it. Well, bunches started coming back around to the church. 
He was always dressed the same way and always uh, uh, had the music. Sometimes he would take his headphones out and sometimes he wouldn't even take them out. And he would be there in the church and I'm thinking, why are you even here? You can't even hear what's going on. But their bunch of was. About once a month, maybe, maybe, maybe twice a month. Somewhere along the way, he had made a profession of faith and we were trying to f- follow up with him and encourage him, disciple him. And I remember as time went on, Those weeks turned into months, and the months turned into years. Church began to grow after a couple of years. I don't know, we had about 100 people or so coming to the church. God began to call some of them in to preach. We started the Bible college and started preparing them for ministry. 2010 came around. By then, Pancho, who was still coming about once a month or so to church, had started the university. And he was very involved in a lot of political things that were going on. And he would be out on Saturdays sometimes burning things in the streets and throwing rocks at police officers and being a part of riots. And then Sunday he would grab his Bible and come to church. And he was just wrestling with all these influences. Nobody in his family were believers. Nobody at school. None of his friends outside of the, the, the relationships that he had there at the church. In Pancho. When we had teen camp that year in 2010, he asked, can I go along? I'm a freshman in college now, but can I go along with the teenagers at the teen camp? And I thought, sure, come on. And that week, God got a hold of Buncho's heart. And he had been living for money and living for future and living for politics and all these things. And he, he that week decided that, you know what, there's nothing and no one that deserves my life other than the one that gave his life for me. And he decided in an altar in one of the night services there at camp that I'm going to give it all to Jesus. I know I'm saved, he said, but I've not been living for him and I want to live for him and only him. We came back to Santiago at the end of the week and he began to come to church every time the doors were open. He started reading his Bible every day. He started bringing other kids from the community where he lived. Now you got to imagine they're in a big city. There's about 18 houses per acre on average. So we had some bus routes, but they weren't, we didn't have buses. They were walking routes because about a five-minute walk that way, there's seven or 8,000 people. And a five-minute walk that way, there's seven or 8,000 people. And you can get some kids together and bring them on in. And, you know, it's, it's a different life living there, living there in a big city. Uh, but a bunch of, God began to work in his heart. Six or seven months after that camp service, he came to me one day and he said, you know what? I can't get away from this burning desire in my heart. And I think, maybe, I think maybe God's wanting me to do what you do. What do you think? I think maybe he wants me to preach and he wants me to maybe be a pastor or be a church planner. And, and, and I think that I need to drop out of the university and go all in and, and serve the Lord. And I remember looking at that punk kid and thinking, I thought nothing would ever, ever come out of your life. And here you are, by God's grace, by God's grace. He went home and told his parents, this is what God's leading me to do. His parents, they were furious. And they said, son, you're the first one in our family to ever go to college. And we've given you everything and done everything. And now you're saying that you're going to follow some dream that we don't even understand. Well, if that's the case, fine, but you're out of the house. His grandfather, who had been paying the bills to get him through college, said, as far as I'm concerned, you're not part of the family. And I don't ever want to speak to you again. And there Pancho was telling me about all that he was facing. And he said, well, Jesus said that we were supposed to love him so much that we 
hate our family and we, we're loyal to him and we follow him and we take the cross and we go after him, that's what a disciple is. And if my parents, if I have to turn my back or they turn their back on me, I'm going to follow Jesus and pay the price, whatever the price might be. That was in 2010. Fast forward to 2015, Bunto and I were starting Liberty Baptist Church in Santiago, Chile. And today I've gotten a couple of text messages from him about how the Lord is blessing in the services today and all that God is doing. Carlos Fernandez was sent out of Liberty Baptist in the earlier part of this year. And Carlos texted me today and two adults got saved at that new church plant in the, in the city about three hours south of Santiago. What an exciting thing now to read reports of someone that was living in darkness, that's been changed by God's grace, that is reaching others that were living in darkness, that have been saved by God's grace. And they've been sent out now and they're working and starting other churches churches. And that's what missions is all about. But it's not just a story for Chile. It's a story for right here. Because there are people that are living in our neighborhoods and that work on the job with us and maybe even in our family that they're living in darkness. They're living in darkness. Carlos Fernandez, the one that was sent out earlier this year, he sent me a screenshot of some text messages he was having with the guy about three months ago. A guy named Alexander. And Alexander, uh, he had been watching because of all the things that are going on. All the churches are, some of them are having in-person services as the government allows. And other ones are, are doing a mix online and in-person. And it, it's, it's, been, it's been a crazy time down there in, in South America. As I know many of you are, are, are familiar with that. But Alexander started watching the church services. He reminded me of Nicodemus because Alexander worked at, he works, worked at a Catholic school teaching religion. And he sent Carlos a text and he said, you know what, for the last 15 years, Alexander is about 30. So for the last 15 years, I've given my life wholly to the Catholic church. I've observed everything that they ask of me. I've followed after them with all of my, 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 my focus and my energies, and, and I'm completing with everything they're asking me to do, and I'm taking the, 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 the long walks and processions, and I'm praying through the rosary, and I'm praying to the saints, and I'm giving money, and I'm going to the masses, and I'm trying, and I'm doing, and I'm trying, and I'm doing, and I find myself completely empty without peace and without joy. And I'm watching your services as you're preaching the Bible. And I'm interested to know more. I've got to know more. Well, Carlos began to share the gospel with him and preach the gospel. And they set up times to get together and study the Bible. I was there just about the 15th of November down in Parral, Chile, before we came back uh, to the States for this short trip. And I remember as I was standing there in the pulpit of this small church building, Alexander came to the service that night. And he was sitting in the middle row on the very last seat. And when the invitation time came, he raised his hand saying he needed to be saved. And that night, Carlos was able to share the gospel with him. And he got saved the next day. Praise the Lord. Someone moving from darkness to light. There might be someone like Alexander that has a very religious, moral life that you know, but they need Jesus. Or there might be somebody like Pancho 
That on the outside, he's out in riots and, and just you know, living, living far from the Lord and struggling with things. And maybe God will use you to reach a pancho or to reach uh, someone like Alexander that needs Jesus, that needs Jesus. No doubt many of us here today could share testimony. Some of you that are on the pancho side and your, back, uh, your background and, and some of you maybe on the more religious side, but by God's grace, we heard the truth and were saved by his grace. Praise the Lord for it. But you know, as we read this, and you, and you read about what we're supposed to do, and you read about the faithfulness of Paul, how do we do this? Because it's probably not a surprise to you tonight as we remind ourselves from the Scripture about what our purpose is. But how do we do it? Think about a city of 7 million people, sometimes riding the subways, and it's so packed that you don't even have to hold on as you stop because there's someone standing in every square inch and you just kind of lean in and there's the next person's leaning and they're leaning. The doors open up and they turn around and they back in and you just push, push, push and, uh, and there's somebody else squeezes in. And thousands of people squeezed in. So many of those have never heard the gospel. How can we do it? Look what the Bible says in verse number 22. Paul says, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day. Witnessing both the small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. Here Paul says, Agrippa, I'm not here today because of what I've done or who I am. I'm not here today because I'm a superhero or an extra special person. I'm here today because I got God's help. Amen. And I continue day in and day out with God's help. Amen. Sometimes you see missionaries or visiting pastors and, and, and occasionally uh, people will use language like that they're our heroes and, and, and we're thankful for them. But the truth of the matter is the hero in the story, his name is Jesus. Because with his help, we continue day in and day out. We look at what we need to do. And you might be thinking about the person that God is putting in your heart that you need to share the gospel with. Maybe as we start this new year, God's working in your heart about getting more involved in your local church and, and, and spending your energy and your time and your resources to make an eternal difference here at home or around the world. But we look at it and excuses and fears can come to our mind. But we need to be reminded that with God's help, with God's help, we continue day in and day out. As an 18-year-old young man, I looked at missions and knew God was leading that way, and I thought, there's no way, but with God's help. Started raising support, and I don't know how we'll do this, but with God's help. Got to language school, and Spanish was something I never understood in high school, and I thought, I can only do this, Lord, with your help. We landed in Santiago, and began that first church, and now we're seeing other churches started, and going back, there's a handful of guys that are just a few steps away from starting more churches, and I, I keep going back and saying, Lord, I don't know how we're going to do this. There's a lot of logistics and, and finances, and, and there, there's all these obstacles, but Lord, with your help, I'll keep moving on one day at a time, and I encourage you today, be reminded about what God has you here for. And be reminded about how you can do what he's called you to do. 
so that we can all get to the end of our lives like Paul and say, I've been faithful to do what God's given me to do. Not because I'm special, but because he's special. Because with his help, I continue unto this day. Let's pray together this evening as the pastor comes forward. Lord, we thank you for how Paul encourages our hearts and reminds us that he wasn't some great man of God, but he was a man of a great God. And we too can trust in the resources we have in you and the strength we have in you to face the difficult obstacles that lie ahead of us and the purpose that you've given us. Encourage us to take large steps of faith and to be used by you for your honor, for your glory, to reach others, that they might move from darkness to light, to know you in a personal way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.